This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the full story. In the seven years since medicinal cannabis first became legal in Australia... The federal government has today announced a plan to allow the controlled cultivation of marijuana for medical purposes across Australia. The ACT has become the first state or territory to decriminalise recreational cannabis. The ACT Legislative Assembly passed a private member's bill allowing those in Canberra over the age of 18 to possess 50 grams of cannabis and grow two plants. And now the Greens are pushing to legalise cannabis around Australia, following countries like Uruguay and Canada. People are saying, well, you know, why have we got this 1950s approach to this? Now, cannabis is, is not without harm, but it's a significantly less harmful drug than alcohol and tobacco. Let's bring it into the sunlight. Let's get some tax revenue from it. Let's do a lot of good. So is this plan possible? And does it have enough support to actually work? Today, political reporter Amy Ramikis on what's holding up legalising marijuana. It's Monday, the 17th of April. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. So, Amy, you've been reporting on the Greens' proposal to legalise recreational cannabis use in Australia recently. It's not exactly something that's high on the government's agenda. So what is it, do you think, that's in it for the Greens to keep pushing this idea politically? I mean, I think it signals to the Greens' constituency that they haven't forgotten them and they're still chasing your Greens' policies that their base have wanted for a very long time, that no matter how many Greens MPs are elected to Parliament, and they're a political force in the federal Parliament now, they hold the balance of power in the Senate, but they're still the Greens party that people might have first got interested at university 20 or 30 years ago, and they're still trying to get the same policies that their base may have first been attracted to them for. So it does work for that. It also works in attracting younger people to the Greens where they're saying, hey, you know, we're not just about like, you know, tax reform and things like that. We are also about doing things that you guys are already doing in your daily life. And that's completely fine. So there is a lot of political capital in the Greens uh, to be still be pursuing something like this. So I know one part of the Greens strategy is to survey the public on their proposal and what their thoughts are. It doesn't look like a very serious political website when you first look at it. Why don't we take a look? When you go on it, it's a it's a lovely millennial pink with some squirreling green lines and then just some lovely uh marijuana leaves just dotted (laughs) across it. It just takes me back to my share house, really. I'm pretty (laughs) sure this poster was in my bathroom 
Uh, and then you are asked questions like, do you think we should legalize cannabis? And I guess the big title on the front page, which says, yes, we cannabis, is a bit of a clue as to what the Greens are getting at here, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's telling you who this particular survey is marketed to. I mean, what would be the good things about legalizing weed? Blazon it, fire emoji is one <laughs> of the options. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they do know who they're, who they're talking to with this. And while it doesn't seem like a serious consultation, it actually is for a serious reason. And I think they're doing two things with this. One, they're getting people on board. It's very easily shareable. It looks great on your Instagram, on Twitter, that sort of thing. And two, they're genuinely trying to get people's thoughts on a bill they're hoping to introduce into Parliament to help legalise cannabis. And there's actually some pretty serious and reasonable policy reasons the Greens are putting forward for this bill. Mm. And policy-wise, why do the Greens say that cannabis should be legalised nationally? They say that, you know, A, so many people are already doing it, you know, you might as well just legalise it because B, you can make some money from it that can actually help with public services like the NDIS, like raising the rate, like public housing. And so one of the benefits they're saying is that it will actually raise money in terms of tax. So Senator David Shoebridge, the Greens Justice Representative, says it'll be about $28 billion. That's a conservative estimate over the next nine years. And that would be just like, you know, having a GST tax on cannabis as it was being sold. We asked the Parliamentary Budget Office, which is this sort of independent bunch of boffins in Canberra who, who, who price this stuff, and we said, well, how much can we get? You know, if we make it legal, yeah. how much money are we going to get revenue-wise? And if we put just like a 15% tax on it, it's about $28 billion in the first decade. Now, that's a huge amount of money, which we can do a huge lot of good with. They're also saying that it would save law enforcement billions of dollars because they wouldn't have to pursue it in any way. They would divert those resources elsewhere. The problem with a lot of the laws around cannabis is that it relies on police discretion as to whether they're going to give you a caution or a fine or put you in front of a magistrate. And we know that disproportionately, if you are Indigenous or if you are from a multicultural community, you are less likely to see the benefit of that discretion than if you are white. And so that is a problem so David Shoebridge believes that, that it would help with the disproportionate number of jailings and findings of marginalised communities, including Indigenous people. It's about 70,000 people a year are being caught up largely on low-level possession charges, having their life turned upside down because we decide to criminalise a plant. So they're saying there's actually societal change that can come from this that's for the good, not just for the individual using it, but for wider communities, for law enforcement and for the nation at large because you're going to get some dime from all of those people buying bags of weed. So, Amy, let's say the Greens' proposal to legalise cannabis gets enough support. How would their model work in practice? Well, we're talking about recreational cannabis here. We're not talking about medicinal cannabis, which is already legal uh, in most states. I think in Australia, you'd need a doctor's prescription. It's, you know, a, a bit of a, a rigmarole to go through the TGA processes. 
but it is possible to use medicinal cannabis in Australia already. This is about all of the other stuff that you might want to use cannabis for, including just to get high. Uh, That's what David Shoebridge's bill would do. If it got enough support, and by that we mean if the government supported it, because that's the only way that this bill is moving out of the Senate and out of, I suppose, the dreamscape of the federal parliament is going to legalise cannabis. What it would do is it would set up a federal regulator, which they're calling CANA, which is the Cannabis Australia National Agency, which doesn't actually make sense as an agency name, but it does spell like, you know, the very easy to remember acronym CANA, which is why I think the words came after the actual acronym in this uh, situation, which would regulate it in terms of what uh, strains of cannabis you could sell, who could sell it, uh, and how that would work. It still has to be registered. You're still allowed only a certain number of plants. You're only allowed to carry a certain amount on you. About You're only allowed to use a certain amount. And so that would sit at the top at the Commonwealth level. And then the states and territories would basically have to fall in line because it would be commercialized, legalized in Australia. And David Shoebridge says that's essentially one of the ways it would divert money out of the black market and into the economy. So we can take cannabis out of the hands of, say, bikey gangs and organised crime, who are the current regulators, if you can call them that, mm-hmm. uh, take billions of dollars out of that black market mm. and put it all in the legal market. But we know that in Australia, only the states and territories have the power to create crimes and decriminalise behaviour like using cannabis. The federal government can't do that on its own. So how big a stumbling block is this for the Greens? It's a very big stumbling block that the states and territories have to take it off their criminal books. Uh, And that is going to be probably the trickiest part of any federal push to legalise cannabis because each state and territory has a whole bunch of different laws around the possession, usage and sale of cannabis as an illicit drug. And even in places like the ACT, where it is largely decriminalised, you can grow a couple of plants, you can have a small amount of dried material uh, and, and escape basically, you know, any sort of criminal consequences because of that. And I think if this passed, and it's a huge if, because again, you would need the government to come on board and say, yeah, sure, we're going to go for it. You would then need a national cabinet convened where the attorney generals and the police ministers and the health ministers all came together and said, okay, here's what we're going to be taking out of our own criminal statute books. And that is going to be a pretty big deal in Australia and not something that a lot of other countries have necessarily had to deal with, like Uruguay or or Canada. They haven't had to deal with the same state and territory laws because our constitution is pretty strict on who gets to make the laws. And in this space, it is not the federal government. Next, the politics of legalising cannabis. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. 
That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST. I guess the, the political landscape and social attitudes towards recreational cannabis use has changed quite considerably in recent years. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, politics and laws are generally decades behind shifts in societal attitudes. That's just in general, not just around drugs. We're at the point now where the TGA has approved psilocybin and MDMA for prescription use before we've reached the point where you can legalise recreational cannabis. I mean, that's how far along this road we have travelled. And we know from the latest uh, report looking into drug use in Australia, I think it was in 2019, that more than 40% of Australians believe that cannabis should be legalised and that figure has doubled even since 2013. And that is because uh, around 40% of Australian adults have tried cannabis or have used cannabis and the number of people who are using it regularly is also increasing. So I think that's still only around 12% of respondents But it's 12% of Australian adults who say, yeah, I use cannabis on the reg and I'm fine and I think it should be, you know, legalised because I don't even think of it as necessarily a debilitating drug anymore. Medicinal cannabis has really worked to change those attitudes as well. Even with the most strict anti-drug campaigners, suddenly grandma's arthritis is better because she's getting some cannabis oil. Suddenly people who have been really strict against it, are seeing that their children or their husband or their wife or their sister are using medicinal cannabis and it's the only thing that's getting them through chemotherapy, you know, making them feel human. Mm. And as a result of that, we're starting to see younger politicians or more fringe politicians start to address that. So we've got the Legalised Cannabis Party, which has elected uh, MPs in Victoria and New South Wales, and their sole thing is legalise it. Once it starts as on the fringes, then you start to see mainstream politicians pick it up, particularly when they start to see support. And that's how we're starting to see people change their attitudes and then politicians change their attitudes to it as well. I mean, here in Victoria, the Legalised Cannabis Party actually holds the balance of power now in the upper house. And recently we even saw that party convince the Andrews government to treat medicinal cannabis like any other prescription medication for drivers, which sort of does away with this problem you're seeing where, you know, people are getting done for drug driving for something that they have a legal prescription for, which seems like a pretty big step from a few years ago. Yeah, it it is a big step from a few years ago. And it does, I think, point to a lot of the changing attitudes on this at, at the government level. So you can think of it, I suppose, as another incremental step towards decriminalisation of cannabis across the country. Obviously, we're still talking about legal cannabis here, and that's something that most governments are making a pretty big delineation between. If it's for medicinal use, it's fine. The Greens are talking about recreational use here here, which you would probably expect to see monitored and policed a lot like you would alcohol as well. So I don't think you can get away with just, you know, driving while high, even if it was legalised across Australia. 
But we're also seeing changes in New South Wales with the makeup of their legislative assembly because we know that the Legalised Cannabis Party have been successful at the last election, getting somebody into that parliament as well. It, it's not just sort of like wacky ideas anymore. These are serious political parties who are entering our parliament and having a say on things, which is probably also why you're seeing the Greens start to push this a lot harder as well because they're trying to fend off their base being carved off by some of these other parties such as legalised cannabis. But you can also see how they're going to probably start working together to have some of these ideas recognised and implemented across the country. As you mentioned, Amy, the Greens have a lot of political sway in the current parliament. They hold the balance of power in the Senate. What are the chances this will get passed? Pretty slim to none uh, because it would take a very brave government indeed to say, hey, we're going to legalise cannabis in the midst of a cost of living crisis when we're dealing with a whole bunch of other issues. We're going to divert our attention and we're going to do this. It will happen, I think, eventually because of the fact that societal attitudes to it have changed. And because of that, governments eventually do catch up, but they catch up much further down the track. There's a lot of moral arguments that are attached to drugs uh, and because of that, it makes it very hard for centrist governments to buck that trend because people still have drugs are bad as a blanket sort of view on illicit drugs. Because of that moral argument, it does set back Australian politics quite mm. far because they are worried that there will be a culture war. And there is also a view that this is seen as a Greens Party policy. It was used as a scare campaign not so long ago that the Greens are going to legalise weed and isn't that wacky. Well, it doesn't seem wacky when you see that it's happening in countries, you know, overseas, but the idea that it is wacky persists in Australia, which is another stumbling block to making this actually happen. And I think it's just going to take some time before politicians catch up to the idea that, hey, most of the electorate is completely fine with this, you know, and uh, that it's not even seen as a vote winner or a vote loser. It's just seen as something that should be done. That was Amy Ramikis, political reporter for Guardian Australia. You can check out Amy's comprehensive explainer about the Greens' proposal and the challenges it faces. It's called Legalising Cannabis in Australia. How would it work and is there a catch? We'll post a link to that on the full story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing, and myself. Our theme music is by Joe Koning. The executive producer of this episode was Miles Martignoni. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time. Yeah.